Is messaging giving your compliance function headaches? Well, welcome to a special five-part podcast series on messaging compliance in a shifting regulatory landscape sponsored by Global Relay. Over this series, I will visit with Chip Jones, Executive Vice President, Alex File, Director, Regulatory Intelligence, Rob Mason, also Director of Regulatory Intelligence, Jeannie Clark, Head of Content, and Raywin Danvers, Sales Manager in Business Development. Over the series, we will consider the U.S. and U.K. regulatory framework for messaging apps, consider if business innovation is being stifled by regulatory action, preview the Global Relay Report, Compliant Communications in 2023, and look down the road on how to stay ahead of regulation with compliant communications in one app. First, a message from our sponsor, Global Relay. Put compliance at the heart of your business communications with Global Relay, with integrated cloud solutions for every step of your compliant communications journey. Global Relay helps regulated organizations mitigate risk and meet their collaboration, privacy, and safety requirements. Global Relay has built a rock-solid foundation for compliant communications from the Global Relay app, which allows firms to communicate compliantly on any channel, including text, WhatsApp, and more, to intelligent archiving and connecting everything in between. Founded in 1999, Global Relay delivers electronic communications to over 20,000 customers in 90 countries, including 22 of the world's top 25 banks. Find out more at globalrelay.com. In this concluding episode five of this five-part series, I'm joined by Raywin Danvers to look at how to stay compliant with messaging apps going forward. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I'm thrilled to have with me Raywin Danvers. Raywin, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Raywin, could you tell us about your professional background and your current role? Yeah, of course. Prior to Global Relay, I actually, I've had many hats over the years. I think the most noteworthy is I drove a Zamboni, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. I graduated from the University of British Columbia with a master's in business management. And that's when I started at Global Relay on the ground as a sales rep for a new application. And five years later, I'm the manager of our unified communications group at Global Relay here, which is focused around mobile communications for firms using both corporate and BYOD policies. I have done over 5,000 podcasts and you are the first retired Zamboni driver (laughs) I have ever interviewed. You get a double gold star. Thank you. I'm really leaning into the Canadian stereotype with that one, but it had to be said. Snoopy drove a Zamboni. So if it's good (laughs) enough for Snoopy, it's good enough for me. Exactly. Rowan really wanted to maybe explore with you, as this is our final episode in this five-part series, is to look at some trends and maybe to ask you to look down the road a little bit and what are some of the current trends and maybe even down the road in compliance technology? Yeah, it's a great question. And trending is always topical, right? But a big focus in trends we're seeing, and honestly, where I see it continuing because it's such an evolving space, is a focus on mobile messaging, whether that be text and voice, but it also falls into the other consumer messaging apps like WhatsApp, WeChat, Telegram, Line Signal. Those are 
very hot topics right now in the regulatory space. And I think the more recent fines located in the U.S. have been adding fuel to that fire and accelerating it. But over the last five years, and I think really accelerated in the last three, we've seen a big push to mobile communication as a whole. And that was partially due to a disparate workplace that was forced upon many because of COVID for at least a period of time. And it's still, I think the aftershocks are still there in, in many organizations. But we're also seeing more and more Gen Z now, quite a few millennials are in the workforce, I myself am one of them, entering into the workforce and entering into the customer pool. And we do see trends with millennials and Gen Z focusing more on flexible forms of communication and steering away from what we would consider traditional in the form of like email or a phone call. And as we start to see younger generations enter this space, we are going to need to be servicing them as a customer in the way that they want to be communicated with. But we're also going to need to start supporting our employees in allowing them to perform in the way that they want to through their flexible messaging. I've talked to several of your colleagues, and we've Mm -hmm. had a robust discussion about the development of new technologies around messaging, certainly the regulatory framework that you mentioned with the Securities and Exchange Commission, bringing over $2 billion in fines in 2022, and now the Department of Justice focusing on non-regulated industries or U.S. public companies or even private companies. You're the first person who has talked about the workforce generation. And I find that fascinating because it's both, it means to me, I don't want to say risk, but there's another factor that you need to put into your equation, but there's another opportunity as well. So your generation is much more comfortable with those apps than my generation. And That's something that I talk to a lot of people about the future of corporations, and they say talent acquisition and retention will be the key differentiator in five to 10 years. And what I hear you say is not only that, but you have to cater to that generational talent, and you have to be willing to meet them where they're most comfortable and where they're the most efficient. So is that a discussion that you've had either internally or perhaps with clients, customers, or other thought leaders talking about this generational change and how businesses need to be able to adapt from the technological perspective, once again, recognizing there's a regulatory overlay because of a generational change. We're definitely talking about it. At Global Relay, it comes up quite often, right? We try and stay a couple steps ahead of where technology is going. And so it's definitely an area of focus for us. But many future customers and current customers at Global Relay that I'm chatting with are starting to mention their employees, their younger employees, using these forms of communication, right? Asking for WhatsApp, asking for Telegram, and starting to go, oh, okay, we're noticing a change. So I don't know if every organization is starting to have a like a very frank discussion internally about it, but almost every firm I talk to is the seat is growing, right? Where they're starting to notice that trend and age is skewing adoption is going to start moving a different way. And so they're looking to not necessarily future-proof because it's very hard to totally future-proof your tech stack or your communications methods, but they're looking to relay or rely, I should say, on on partners who can provide education in the space and guidance on where we think trends will be moving. And that's where we come in. Much of the conversation in the compliance community around messaging and messaging apps has broken down almost into a yes, no, black, white, stark, 
non-start dichotomy, which entails either BYOD or corporate phones. And maybe I could start there and ask you to share with us your thoughts on the pitfalls of each approach and then see if there's maybe a, a third way we could think about this. Yeah, of course. It comes up quite often. Now, I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to this type of technology. And many firms have both, right? They'll have corporate devices for a certain subset, and they'll run a personal device policy for another. With BYOD or the Bring Your Own Device policy, it's ultimately it's more cost effective because you're not paying for a carrier, you're not paying for the device itself, right? The end user is already familiar with the device and it provides additional flexibility to the employee because they can work wherever, whenever, as long as they have their phone with them. Obviously, there are ways to implement it that ensure it is totally secure and there are ways you can poorly implement it that add additional levels of risk. But it's a fairly common occurrence we're seeing in the space now, and it is quite popular, both due to just the overhead cost reduction in the approach, but as well due to the increase in end user adoption when it comes to that familiarity with the phone, right? You're not giving an Apple user an Android device. It's something they already know. With a corporate device, we see a lot of firms trending that direction. I'd say typically for more of the C-suite or the leadership team and then BYOD for the general masses. They can be a little bit more expensive when adopting a corporate device policy because you're paying a carrier that monthly fee, you're purchasing the device itself, and then ultimately, of course, paying for the capture and the archiving of that data. But it does eliminate any confusion when it comes to personal and business in the sense that you have two phones. One is very clearly provided to you by your organization. The other is very clearly your, your own. You've purchased it. It's all totally separate. But that said, I think regardless of what your firm's matrix looks like, you can really ensure levels of security and separation of business and personal for both BYOD and corporate devices if rolled out correctly and assisted with a mobile application management tool. So there's no wrong way to go about it. It's really sitting back and determining what's best for your organization and what will have the most adoption with your end users. The reason I think it could be a false dichotomy is in reviewing the enforcement actions, particularly those from September 2022, which totaled the $2 billion in fines. It turns out that each of those regulated entities had policies and procedures, and they trained on those policies and procedures. But it broke down because the managers charged with enforcing those policies and procedures did not follow them themselves, and then the level above them. So in retrospect, looking back, not in retrospect, but the SEC was very critical for ha having policies and procedures, but not educating and then not following them. If that type of analysis is correct, the policies and procedures part should remain. And certainly there should be communication, education, perhaps even training. But now you've mentioned the ongoing, I'm going to call it ongoing monitoring, or having a tool that can do something like that. So I see the basis for a solution here. And it strikes me that it follows the basis for a compliance solution for really any risk. You identify the risk, you put in a risk management strategy in place, you implement, you train on it, then you monitor it, and then you improve as necessary. And if you find that a fair assessment, I was wondering if you could maybe take the next step for us and tell us a little bit about Global Relay and how they are a one-stop shop for this monitoring 
an implement or improvement solution. You're totally right in your assessment. Any new technology can be overwhelming and a little bit scary at first, right? Because it's new. We're not familiar with it. But if you do take a step back and take the same approach you'd use to implement anything else in your shelf, it is fairly step forward, straightforward, right? Firms already do have a document, a documented process in rolling out new features or new applications within their organization. And this doesn't differ too far from that. But at Global Relay, what we have is a Global Relay application, as it's aptly named. And it is a unified tool for compliant messaging within a regulated space. So we've provided a single application that allows for multiple different communication types through one gateway, really trying to eliminate both from the, the confusion from the end user's perspective. When it comes to an employee, it's what can I use? What can't I use? What's allowed? What's not? And from the firm perspective, we're reducing the number of vendors that really need to be involved when implementing new technology and managing that data. It's totally integrated into the Global Relay Archive. Through this application, you can text, you can call, we have voice recording for those located in the UK or Europe. You can WhatsApp message, um, instant message. There are multiple data types, and we're only continuing to build out that suite of other integrations through the single location. But anything in and out of the app is totally captured. It's compliant, and it's routed straight through to the Global Relay Archive. The reason I set that question up, and I particularly appreciated your answer, was you broke down the individual steps. So even though it may seem new and scary, even though it may seem overwhelming, it's just like eating an elephant, (laughs) bite at a time. And if you use the tools that I think every compliance professional has in their toolkit, that taking each step as they would any other risk, that they could see a way forward on this. Is that, would you find that type of message would resonate with your customers and client base or in thought leadership forums where you might speak? A hundred percent. And though it is very in line with the current processes that many firms have in place, I I also want to highlight that choosing the right vendor have to plug Global Relay because that's us here. They will also guide you through it. They'll have dedicated onboarding specialists, right, to manage you through every single step along the way and provide assistance and resources for any questions that may come up that firms feel a little bit uncomfortable or unprepared to deal with. So choosing a partner in this process is really, I think, the best recipe for success. But it doesn't deviate from really every other step that they currently have outlined within their organization. Let me pick up on your use of the word partner. What I gleaned from that was Global Relay is not a one and done. It's a true partnership for compliance in this area. Could you say a few words about the partnership aspect of what Global Relay brings to the table? That, yeah, absolutely correct. We view ourselves as a partner in this space. We've been in the regulated market. We're celebrating our 24th birthday this week. So we've been around for quite a while in this space. We know it very well. And many of our customers have been around for the 20 years, the 15 years. So they're very familiar with us. And we've prided ourselves on the fact that it isn't one and done. We want to be here. We want to keep our customers and we want to act as a resource for you as technology advances. We have, as I mentioned, dedicated onboarding specialists, but we also have account representatives or relationship managers that work with your firm. Any questions come up, you have a single point of contact you can reach out to. On top of all of that, if you know everything is burning and you have an audit coming down, someone will pick up the phone 24-7. We are here 
all the time, every day, every single day, even holidays, to ensure that firms have what they need in order to do business and in order to maintain compliance. So we don't disappear. You're able to call us whenever you need. Raymond, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on Global Relay, what would be the best place for them to go? Of course, yeah. I know Chip has already mentioned our website on a previous episode, but I would recommend if anyone has interest in Global Relay and the application I mentioned, we do have a site on our page, globalrelay.com forward slash products forward slash app. And that'll bring you right to the Global Relay application. If you have any questions, comments, would like to see a demo, there's a little spot on the page there to reach out as well. Roy, when I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me, frankly, I can't think of a better way to have ended this five-part podcast series than this episode with you. So I hope at some point we can continue this conversation. Thanks, Tom. It's been wonderful, and I appreciate your time. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Global Relay on remaining compliant while using messaging apps. This is one of the most difficult challenges for compliance professionals today, and I hope in this five-part series and accompanying blog post series, you have learned how you can comply with current and regulations that will happen down the road. For more information, check out Global Relay at www.globalrelay.com. This is Tom Fox. This special five-part podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.